listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. Let's welcome back to the studio, Cruz McCalligan. How are you doing, Cruz? I'm doing fantastically. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm always so excited to see you because every time you come here, I learn something new and I'm sure our listeners will, will feel the same way. Are we still on the sea? We are. We're still on the sea, the sea, the sea topic. Uh, a yeah. few weeks ago, I asked Cruz, you know, I, well, I tend to ask Cruz, you know, how you come up with your topics. But a few weeks ago, Cruz said she's just, you know, working on, on, on the letter C. So it's just whatever inspires you in the room or, yeah. or, or not necessarily in our room. Because last week we talked about courage. Oh, no, it was in the room. You, you was in the room. Yeah, you were in the room, Noreen. <laughs> you were, you in, were the in the room. I remember you in the room. <laughs> Earth to Nas. All right, so what are we talking about this week? Um, we're talking about calculators. Oh, sure. Yeah. Calculators. calculators. Wow, I don't think I've picked yep. up a calculator in a well, Really? Just my phone. So really? I'm, it's a little bit of a tender subject for me because my calculator, I had like a old-fashioned calculator, not even a scientific calculator, just a calculator. It was even It was even big. It was quite a large calculator. And I had it on my desk and I've had it probably the like it's probably been in my family for about 15 years and it just ran out of battery <laughs> after 15 years and i was so sad it made it kind of and kind of like died and i i'm going to replace the battery because i can't bring myself to be separate calculatorless Cal- yes calculatorless but um i have it's a so funny. I just a, had to, a pink I had to, one yes it was one of those yeah. sorts of ones and and i i used it for everything whenever i had to calculate things i would do it on there i find it so much more satisfying than pulling out a smartphone or using the calculator on your computer. Oh, my computer it's yeah. not as beep, 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 beep. It's, it's so much more satisfying to use a calculator. Or actually just using our brains. Oh gosh, no, yeah. I'm never going to be able to use my brain for that. I am not. This is like, these have, the calculator has been my savior. Forget dogs. People's best friend has always been a calculator. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, and it's gone through um, a huge number of like facelifts over the last millennia. But the basic functions would have been very a similar concept to our ancestors because I think we, we look, there's an incredible history to the calculator, right? It's, I mean, and I don't think any of us have ever really appreciated the circuitry and genius behind how a calculator works. I mean, it's, I mean, I think we get that when we're kids and we're given a calculator, although hopefully our children will be given calculators in the future, right? And you, and I'd write and hello write, or, yeah, or write or, boobs. Or boobs, yeah. <laughs> boobs was a big one. I think once you'd realise you could work out like, what's 1,003,000 minus, you'd be like, wow, it can do everything. You'd be like, and it can spell boobs. Then you Boob, kind of... Boobless. Was oh, one it can. I, yeah. Oh, that was, that's... See, you're just an innovator. You're an innovator. I didn't... I've never tried that. Okay. Well, we're talking about calculators. And um, so interestingly, we can go all the way back to the abacus. Okay, so the history of the calculator or what we know of it began with the hand operated abacus in ancient Sumeria and Egypt around 2000 to 2500 BC. Yeah, so it was a really, really long time ago. And this was a very simple device, obviously, compared to a modern calculator. And it was basically sets of 10 beads on a series of rods held in place on a quadrilateral frame, usually made of wood. And I remember learning how to use an abacus. Did you ever learn how to use an abacus? No, I, I forgot immediately after I learned. Someone taught me once. 
Um, and my I grandma like, used to learn it. My grandma knows how to use it back in the day. That's what they had. But it's amazing. Shops, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so innovative in its in its own way. And then I I've got no idea how to use one. But I I feel like it's something we should we should bring back, right? Um, but it was um prior to this, humans use their fingers to count, <laughs> of which we have a limited number. Even if you have extra ones, you still have a limited number. Um, or piles of stones, or seeds, or beads, or anything really. Um, the principle is very simple, you know, um, for an abacus, uh, at least for addition. Uh, the topmost rod represents the number of small units. Moving them from one side to the other, the user can quickly keep track of any unit numbers between 1 and 10. Once 10 is reached, a single bead on the rod can be slid across to represent a unit of 10. And then the topmost beads can then be returned to the opposing side and the small units can be counted again. So it's a way of graphically representing as you're counting, right? Now, they think the Chinese abacus, the Swanpan, was a variation in this design and was used in a slightly different manner but the principle is the same and they actually think that the abacus was introduced to the Chinese by Roman merchants around 190 AD so they actually think that it kind of went the other way around mm. I thought I thought the Chinese invented the abacus I want to say the Chinese invented the I abacus, want to say yeah. that but maybe they invented a type of abacus yeah. right and there was one I don't know um but yes, but it remained the de facto counting device for over four and a half millennia, like, right? Like a really, really long time. Um, and it's still the counting device of choice throughout many parts of Asia. Um, some devices even combine the two, an abacus and a calculator. Apparently that's an option. Um, then, of course, in that was until in Europe in 1617, and a Scottish mathematician called John Napier published a book called Rhabdology, which was called which is calculating with rods um, and this book described the workings of a device which would be known as napier's bones so the bones the rods were very thin and each was inscribed with multiplication tables and users could make quick calculations by adjusting the rods alignment to one another to read off the multiplication total in the horizontal it's very complicated but I'm sure he was very clever. And these were primarily developed as a calculation method to find the products and quotients of numbers. And the beauty of them was their kind of their simplicity, like actually gave this sort of, again, a graphical kind of representation. Now, the, um, the next big advancement was the development of mechanical calculators during the 17th century. So kind of another hundred years later. And this was with the help of what John Napier had created and his algorithms for creating these sorts of things. Um, a couple of other people were able to make the next significant development in calculations, the slide rule. And the slide rule was an advancement to the abacus because it consisted of a sliding stick that could perform rapid multiplications by using logarithmic scales. So again, I don't know how... A, they were creating these inventions and then creating the ridiculous words that go with them. I don't even know what that I means. I have no idea. But anyway, so this whole idea, okay, and let's just, let's skip ahead. So they have all of these different ideas and these kind of like slide rules and then, and then they start looking at ways that they can get from mechanical to electronic. That started with some pretty impressive mechanical calculated devices. So in 1642, a man called Blaise Pascal created a device that could perform arithmetic operations with just two numbers so his machine comprised of geared wheels that could add and subtract two numbers directly and could multiply and divide them by repetition now that sounds very complicated but what we have interestingly here is this idea of kind of like a binary code 
basically, he made this very interesting, complicated mechanical machine. And between nine, um, 1642 and 1645, he created 50 different prototypes of it. And then he presented his final piece to the public to be like, anyone want to improve on this? Because I've kind of reached my, I've, I've maxed out, right? And then, of course, since um, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. So people went on and on and on and created all these different sort of things and tried to improve on it. And a lot of this was very mechanical and it was able to like making these connections within a machine. Then the mechanical calculator innovation moved across the Atlantic from Europe to the USA. And this this um, saw the development of things like the Grant Mechanical Calculating Machine that was built in 1877, which is like, and we're talking about like huge machines, like to make a calculator that can make these huge, they have to be really, really big. They're huge, you know, and to kind of, and you think about this, so they have these these enormous machines with like push buttons that try to try they so they start developing them and they they evolve and they start going with this push button idea that that might be easier to be able to push and choose what we want to do and then we have this idea of like in the 1940s mechanical calculators became portable they created this thing called the Curta calculator it was very compact it could fit in one hand and could kind of fit in your pocket if you wanted a lot of people to ask you what What's you had in your, in your pocket. pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was, this was in the 1940s, and it was the very first and last and only mechanical handheld pocket calculator ever developed. Um, and basically, during World War II, an Austrian inventor called Kurt Herzog um, completed this design for the Kurter calculator, um, which was an incredible creation but as because his father was jewish he was sent to a concentration camp but his mechanical know-how saved his life as the nazis treated him as an intelligent slave so he had this incredible mind and had created this incredible device and because he did he was kind of spared the wrath of of being in this concentration camp um so we kind of like continue to develop them um and they still exist today you can try and find one um they're obviously a lot more expensive than they used to be you probably get collectibles two thousand us dollars today um wow. but yeah so it was an incredible incredibly intricate design um but it would it would be challenged so it reached its sort of zenith in the 1960s people would have this curter calculator and they would use it um but soon on the horizon was the dawn of the electronic calculator now it has its roots in the 1930s so while the mechanical calculator was still being used the electronic calculator was coming up the ranks and of course this is because of war and because war unfortunately is a huge um, source of innovation because people are trying to solve problems really rapidly and so that like, we get an incredible amount of new inventions from times of war which is very very sad but also very fascinating and so all these people who are trying to create things more um you know um mechanical and electric electrical systems that could control weapon systems that could break enemy codes all of this sort of stuff because they're doing this we're starting to look at how the how the calculator we need to solve numerical problems right and so this included um uh this included the creation of the first general calculating computer, the ENICAC, the Electronic Numerical Integrator and Computer, which was completed in 1946. And this was designed as a completely digital artillery firing table calculator and could also solve all these different numerical problems. So, of course, um, the problem was that this incredible calculator uh, weighed 27 tons and took up quite a lot of space. 27, 27 tons. tons. Weighed 27 tons. A calculator that weighed 27 tons. Which is amazing. 
I, I know. But then, and okay, from this point, we then have um, the miniaturization of vacuum tubes. Um, and we have all these other amazing things happening around, um, you know, electronics and things just get smaller. So we go from huge to smaller, 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 smaller. And then we get the microchip. And that changed everything because the microchip allowed for information to be stored, right? And so, um, hold on. I'm still on the 27 tons. That's like 27,000 kilograms. Yeah, it's huge. It's crazy. It's a calculator. It's a calculator. <laughs> you couldn't you put that in your pocket. You couldn't, yeah. put in that. you couldn't put that in your pocket. You could not put that in your pocket. Um, and so, of course, when we have the microchip, this makes a huge difference. Um, it, it can replace so much. It could replace huge amounts of technology. Data, yeah. Tons and tons of physical Physi- being mm. could be replaced with a microchip. And of course, as a result, calculators got smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and of course, then we started having pocket calculators. Um, so they became, from the 1980s onwards, calculator manufacturers were looking for any function that could make their products stand out. And this led to the graphical calculator in 1985. So they started doing this thing where they'd print it out. And then they started like playing with like little displays, right? And so in the 80s, they're like, you know, you have this Casio calculator and it has a display. And so over the next few years, other companies would like kind of, they're all in the calculator race, right? Trying to get there, trying to make a big difference. And they, um, they're trying to create all these different things. But of course, they'd, um, they've also had the... So all at the same time in the 80s, people are getting personal computers. So people are getting computers at home. So like, people aren't as impressed, but they're also... They are impressed. A calculator is amazing. And a lot of people thought, the calculator is huge. Everyone has a calculator. This thing is too big to fail. Like, calculators are the way of the future without realizing that, like, smartphones were, like, on its mobile way. devices were on their way, right? But I do remember when I was little, I used to live in North Point, and there was a stationery shop next to the Sunbeam Theater in North Point called Man Yao Stationery Shop. And I used to go there about three or four times a week and on display there were these parker pens and there was always a cabinet full of calculators small calculators with its own leather cases i'm not even sure if they were the leather but they were like those plastic cases and the small casio ones and the bigger ones but they're so small that you can put in your pocket and i remember just admiring them and they weren't you know hugely expensive you can get one for about fifty dollars forty nine dollars ninety and it would range up to like in its hundreds but i used to like stand there fascinated looking at all those calculators and wondered who would need a calculator in their pocket wherever they go yeah. but i wanted someone what- very important <laughs> you know that was the sense of that you had with a calculator someone very very important would have to have a ca- very very fancy calculator it goes hand in hand with a nice pen and a pager yeah absolutely but actually and then i remember being assigned a, a scientific calculator oh, at yes, school and like calculator. that was a wasted product on me i don't think i ever use that thing to its full, full they were potential. pretty expensive they oh, were about 200 dollars. They, they were really expensive and you had to have everybody one. had to have one. i just covered mine in tipex and didn't use it very well you know, and I think, but but it's a really fascinating idea, and we see that you know. But the problem is, we we get we get further along, and we have the like you know the Palm Pilot. Remember the Palm Pilot in the nineties? Oh, yes. And then we have um, you know uh, nineteen ninety six. We had the Nokia Communicator, which was a mobile phone, a PDA, an internet connection, and it was we kind of think of this as one of the world's first smartphones. And then in the mid two thousands, you got BlackBerry, Apple iPhones, Androids, Windows phones. All of these phones appear. So why does someone need a calculator anymore? You know that you know the physical calculator just doesn't seem as important. But as I said, I find it 
that I think people still need that that real human design element where you feel like there's a satisfaction in pressing a button on a calculator and hearing the little beep and pressing the equal sign that you just don't get tapping on your phone. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Um, but interestingly, there's this like whole other world that I never really thought about or realized about, which is the calculator watch. Wow. Yeah. Yes. The calculator watch. I've so, never owned one, but I, I have friends who own one. What are your thoughts on it again? Well, I kind of feel like these have become hugely popular again, apparently. Like if you're a mega geek, which like I'm very proudly a mega geek. So I feel like I would happily get a calculator watch if I had to. If you look at the um, the police single, not the police force, like as in Sting and the police, um, and they have wrapped around your finger and you look at the image, Sting is wearing a calculator watch. And that was really, really cool at the time. Do you know what I mean? I mean that was like a symbol of something and of course then you've got like marty mcfly in the back to future movies yeah. he was wearing a calculator watch because oh, i mean yeah. even with time travel you might need to do some basic sums <laughs> so like <laughs> do you know what i mean it's it's kind of amazing so there's this like real resurgence apparently now of this incredible thing with um calculator watches and i recommend going and having a google of like the history of calculator watches because they're pretty cool like i would get one now even though it's obviously irrelevant you don't need one but yeah they're pretty cool things. I have a quote. I actually have a calculator quote um, from Oren Etzioni. Um, and he said, the mechanical loom, which is obviously what we used for creating um, fabrics. He said, the mechanical loom and the calculator have shown us that technology is both disruptive and filled with opportunities. But it would be hard to find a decent argument that we would have been better off without these inventions. Oh, yeah. I'm so all the for humble, the humble calculator. I know. Bring back the calculator. Well, on this note, I hope you manage to find the batteries uh, for your calculator. I will. I'm going to replace them. Yes. I'm going to replace them. Maybe I'll bring it. I'll bring it in next time. I'll bring in my calculator. Take him on a little outing after his years and years of diligent service. <laughs> he deserves a trip to RTHK. He does. Meanwhile, Cruz, thank you so much for your time this week. Until next time, thank you.